How about I pray as we come to this great passage? Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the opportunity we have now to come and sit under that word, to be able to um, uh, reflect on these um, precious words that you have. We thank you for the freedom we have to meet and the um, opportunity we have now to um, be ministered to you by your spirit as this word is applied to our lives. Please give me the right words to say. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I caught up uh, with a good friend of mine this week uh, who's been through probably the worst six months of his life and he's only just starting to feel like he's coming out of the fog. I'm going to call him John. It's not his real name, but he's one of the brightest and most successful people that I've ever met. Uh, He aced the HSC. He's done super well um, through uni, secured a a sought-after cadetship. He loves Jesus and he's been dating one of the nicest women I've met. But around six months ago, he started to feel very ill and at times has struggled even to get out of bed. He had to give up his job, scale back his studies. For the past five months, he's been in a world of struggle and only in the last few weeks is he starting to feel a little better, although he by no means is back to normal. This ordeal has tested him physically, emotionally, mentally and, fi- and spiritually. He said to me during the week that uh, he has screamed into his pillow, he has cursed, not God, but wondering where God is in the midst of all this. Why, when you're on the trajectory to do so well, has this come at this time? And of course, it's a miserable place to be in, isn't it? And we know it because some of us have been in those kind of spaces before whether it be our health or difficulties at work or dysfunction in our relationships, there are times when we face considerable pressure and stress where others wonder whether we're going to cope in the midst of that and we start to wonder whether we're going to cope. We feel like giving up and we recognise that we need help. And it's at that moment that we ask ourselves, where on earth will I find help to get me through this? Well, that's precisely the question of Psalm 121. Where does my help come from? It's a wonderful psalm, familiar to many of us, I'm sure, and speaks of where we can find help when we face the problems ahead of us. In the introduction, in the prescript to this psalm, we find that it's a song of ascents. It's one of the group of 15 psalms we have recorded for us in the book of Psalms from Psalm 120 to 134. Uh, that were sung by the pilgrims as they were making their way up the mountains towards Jerusalem, the capital city of um, Israel. And as they travelled, they looked forward to being in the great temple of God, to meet with God and ask um, Him for His forgiveness, of gathering with all of God's people and looking forward to the joy and the praises and the feasts that they would um, take, part at, um, take part in when they get to Jerusalem, as they look forward um, to, uh, to that time there. But they knew that as they went um, on this journey, they faced all sorts of um, uh, difficulties and problems uh, before they got there. And as the psalmist reflects on this pilgrimage, he captures for us a truth that applies to us all, that our lives are just like this pilgrimage, where in the presence we may face trouble and difficulty now, but like these pilgrims, we have a glorious future ahead of us to look forward to. The New Testament, of course, teaches that Christians are on this same pilgrimage, 
We look forward to heaven, to the heavenly city of Jerusalem. We look forward to being with God, to being with Jesus and all his people in the presence of his spirit. But we're not there yet. And so there are these same two dimensions for the Christian as well. That life in the here and now can be tough, like it is for others, where there are many hardships and difficulties to go through. But we are on our way to being with God, and when we get there, it will be wonderful. So this psalm captures those two dimensions, and he writes, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And it's important to understand here that the mountains ahead are not comforting beauty. This picture was taken by a friend of mine this last week. Uh, it's in Canada. It looks like a, it looks like a, a um, painting, doesn't it? And, um, and sometimes I think when you look at those incredible, majestic mountains, um, you kind of go, ah. Oh. But that's not what these guys are going through, these pilgrims. When they look at the mountains, what they see is threatening danger. The mountains and hills around Jerusalem were a dangerous place. And so as the pilgrims look ahead at the mountain tracks and what they must go through, they know that up ahead of them are all kinds of hidden dangers. They will be exposed to thieves and robbers, to wild animals, to the harsh sun that, um, that uh, would, um, uh, in the exposed areas that would beam upon them and the terrifying shadows as they move further through on their way to Jerusalem. For these pilgrims, as they travel... Uh, know that this um, journey will be fraught with all kinds of challenges. And so as the writer captures this reality, he writes, I lift my eyes to the mountains, where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so as they approach the mountains and the troubles ahead of them, the writer asks, where will I look for help? Who will help me make this journey? And his answer is not his companions that he goes there with. It's not to look to his own resources that he may be able to get there by his own strength. No, his heart and his head take him to his Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now these two phrases, the Lord and the maker, are important for us to understand here. The Lord, of course, is the name God gives himself, given to Moses in Exodus in the Old Testament, and we saw it last week. And essentially it means that he is the faithful rescuer. He is the faithful redeemer. It's the personal name that God gives himself. I am who I am. I am free to be faithful to my promises to save you. I am your faithful redeemer. And so the psalmist remembers that God keeps his promises, that this God he serves is faithful. He can be trusted to keep his promises, to take his people to be home with him forever. And of course, this promise is repeated to those of us who trust in Jesus as well. For all who trust in Jesus, God promises that he will bring them home to be with him. But not only is he the Lord, he's also the maker of heaven and earth. He is the sovereign creator. And so the psalmist looks up ahead and he sees the mighty mountains, but he remembers the maker of those mountains, the one who created the mountains, who designed them and put them in place. And sure, as we go through this psalm, we recognise that these mountains actually represent the difficulties of life. But these mountains, God put them there. You see, God has put the difficulties we face ahead in our lives. 
Yes, sometimes it tests and purify us, sometimes it discipline and train us, but all with the purpose is that through these difficulties, we will become more like Jesus. And so as we look ahead and look at the problems and difficulties that life may throw at us, we need to know that the Lord has put them there for our good. He knows that they're there. He sends them into our lives and he'll be right there with us as we face them. You see, as the Lord and the Redeemer, he will ensure that the testing will not dissolve our faith completely. That is to say, he's absolutely committed to getting us home in the end because he is the Lord, the Saviour and Redeemer, the Sovereign Creator. He will ensure that the challenges, the mountains before us, are never more than we can survive. He's designed them that they are not too much for us. We can cope even though sometimes that journey can be very hard. And so what John, my friend, needs to see through this difficult and testing time is that as much as medicine and doctors and physios will be of some help at this time, given graciously to us by God, and certainly the right place to go at this time of illness, ultimately he needs to look to the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And the psalmist goes on to give us three reasons why. And they're all related around this one word, watch. The law creator watches over his people. And this word watch, it's not so much that he's just up there and he's looking down and just keeping an eye on things, you know, kind of checking you out and working out whether or not you're up to scratch. It's not that kind of looking watch. It's more the concept of guarding, of protecting, of... Um, of uh, watching over uh, his people, and he does so in three dimensions. Firstly, he watches over you constantly, verses 3 and 4. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. This speaks of the Lord watching over us and guarding us constantly. He will not let your foot slip from the precarious mountain paths that you must walk in life. He will not let you plunge to your death. In other words, he will not, uh, will not be lost by some kind of accidental disaster. When we trip up in life, he will be there to catch us. When we sin, he'll be there to prevent us from falling away completely. Now, how can the psalmist be so sure of this? Well, he says it's because the Lord watches over us constantly. This is the Lord that watched over Israel. God's people, verse 4, and this Lord never slumbers or sleeps. I mean, we, we get tired, we get wearied, and we become vulnerable to um, temptation. We get tired and frail, we get sick and weak, but the Lord never does. He never gets distracted, he never gets bored with us, he never gets tired of us, he never gets caught off guard. He's always alert always attentive to our own personal needs, always vigilant to look after us in the situations where we work and where we live. Now, friends, this is not a promise of immunity from hardship. It's a promise of support in the midst of them. It's not a promise of immunity from hardship, as though God's going to remove every mountain in front of us so we can get to where we're going. It's a promise of support in the midst of our hardship. It's not as though we can go around the mountains um, and avoid them altogether. You won't get to Jerusalem if you did that. We must go through them to get to Jerusalem. 
But the promise here is that the Lord will be watching over us as we go. And so he's not saying, let me um, take you out of the hardships of life. He's not saying, let me come, but he, sorry, but he is saying, let me come through them with you. You face hardships, something happens in your life, God has let you down? No. He's never promised to take you away from the hardships of life. But what he has promised is to walk through that hardship with you. And that's the experience of those who trust in Jesus. I once had the privilege of uh, walking through some very difficult days with an older gentleman from my previous church. In his last days, he was in chronic pain. No medication was able to be given to him to give him relief. He was actually allergic to a number of them. And so he was actually in a world of pain. And it was hard for him to talk and it was hard for him to, um, to, uh, to communicate through this. But when he was able to say some things and I was there with him for a while, he, um, he told me that there were points where he cried out to God for his help. And his testimony was that in the midst of that suffering, he was aware, tangibly aware, that God was with him, supporting, loving, helping him as he walked through that time of pain. In other words, it wasn't as though God delivered him from that pain. It's not as though God said to him, don't worry, I'll take that pain away. But God was with him in the pain, right there in his experience. You see, this can be true in experience. The Lord watches over you constantly. He'll be there with you in the midst of your hardships, watching over you, never falling asleep, always attentive. So the Lord watches over us constantly. Secondly, the psalmist says the Lord watches over you protectively, verse 5 and 6. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Now we Aussies, we of course know that the sun is, um, is, uh, can be a dangerous thing. Heat, stroke, sunburn, all sorts of issues that come with the sun. Uh, but in the Middle East, you can times that by about two it's, it's a dangerous thing, it's a brutal thing, and it represents the brutal hostilities of life, that excessive heat that takes the life out of you, which represents here the big things in life that crush you, the death of a loved one, the persecutions for just being your, the only Christians at, at work, the humiliations we may go through, those brutal smacks in the face that knock you down and knock you over. And when we face them, they do knock us down, don't they? That's the brutal, the sun representing. The moon at, the, um, at night, on the other hand, is much less harsh, but was associated with the pilgrims with the subtler things, with the sinister forces of night type of struggles, which for us might be the subtle um, good things that distract us from putting God first, the hidden traps and the seducing pleasures that distract us from rightfully living a life of faith before God. But the psalmist says, the Lord will be our shade from these. That is, from these extremes, from the brutal attacks, as well as the subtle distractions and everything in between, the Lord will be our shade. And it's striking, isn't it, that, the Lord, that it doesn't say the Lord will provide our shade, but the Lord is our shade. It's from knowing him personally that, gives us, that, that shields us from giving up. For you see, the temptation of Satan whether brutish or subtle, is not just the painful things we may experience in life, but his goal is wanting us to give up on God in the midst of those struggles, 
to abandon our confidence in his promises to us in Jesus. But God, you see, will make his personal presence with us and his relationship with us will reassure us that we are his, that he has done everything for us. He has given his son to die for us that we may know that we are on our way to be with him forever in heaven. So he doesn't provide a protection from the hardship, but in the midst of that hardship, he will protect us from giving up. Again, we know of Christians who have gone through extraordinarily difficult times, but whose faith have remained strong, and in fact, may have even grown stronger in the midst of the hardships. If you've been around this church for the last number of years, you'll know a whole group of people who've gone through the most extraordinarily difficult times but have been able to remain in the faith because of God's holding on to them. I only have to mention names like Tim Hudson, Mark Hudson and the family, Kathy Stirrup, Matt Gillette, Matt's parents, Denise and uh, Jim, Simone, Matt's wife. These people that we look to and are inspired by because they've gone through such difficult times and yet the Lord has been with them through the hardship they face, protecting them from giving up and abandoning their faith. When you might say, that's just too hard, how could you keep going? But God has protected them and kept them and kept them with us as we've grown together. God, you see, protects us not from the hardships that we may face in life, but giving up on him through those hardships. We will not be burned by the sun or seduced by the moon. Our faith, if it is in God, will survive the sunshine and the moon and everything in between. The Lord watches over you constantly. The Lord watches over you protectively. And thirdly, the Lord watches over you wherever you go. Verse 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. The Lord watches over us everywhere. The Lord will keep you from all harm. Literally, actually, and uh, some of the other translations picked this up, the ESV and others. The Lord will keep you from evil. He will watch over your life and will not let evil engulf you. He will watch over your coming and your going. That is, as you come home in the evening exhausted and tired, you come home for rest and recuperation. When you go out to work in the morning to tackle whatever lies before you that day, whether it's your coming or your going, whether in retreat or in advance, both in failure and success, both private and public, both now and forevermore, everywhere and always, the Lord is keeping watch over his people. It's striking, isn't it? I mean, important people have bodyguards. Celebrities have bodyguards. Very, very important people have black cars full of bodyguards. But you see, the people of God are so important to him that he is their bodyguard. He actually goes with us wherever we go, always, everywhere. That is how precious we are to him for those who trust in Jesus. Now, thankfully, my friend John knows this. And I was able to encourage him with these words. They were fresh in my mind as I was putting this talk together. And they brought tears to his eyes. For John needed to be reminded, as do we all, that God watches over all of those who put their faith in Jesus. 
as we make our pilgrimage, our journey through this life to our home in heaven. God doesn't promise to remove the mountains before us, but he does promise to watch over us constantly, to protect our faith in the midst of the hardships, everywhere and always. He is our own personal bodyguard who tackles the hardships with us and protects us from giving up our faith in him so that we may remain strong in him. Well, friends, today's our Thanksgiving weekend. And I hope, as we are reminded of God's love and care for us, that he, is, that he is the one who's always there to help us in our moments of need, that this will well up a deep thankfulness to who God is and all that he has done for us in Jesus. For as our second reading today reminds us, we have every reason to praise and thank our God for the inheritance that he has ready for us, set there ready for us to take, for those of us who trust in Jesus. Peter writes, This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded, are guarded by God's power, until the coming of a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And like Psalm 121, Peter reminds us that although we need to travel through the mountains to get there, Jesus will return and we will be with him forever. Peter writes, in all this you greatly rejoice, though for now a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed, when Jesus returns. Praise be to God and thanks be to God for what he has done and what he does for us and as he travels with this life, uh, with us, as we go through what this life has to where we're going, to our great heavenly Jerusalem, where we will be with him forever. Let me pray for us. Father, we all know what it's like to look forward and see struggles and hardships ahead, difficulties at work, difficulties at home, Difficulties with our health and difficulties with those we love. Father, you know how weary we can get in the midst of these struggles. You know that sometimes these uh, difficulties can be terrifying to us. And so how thankful we are, Father, that you provide us the help that we need. We thank you that you are the Lord, our faithful Redeemer, that you are a creator, the maker and designer of our lives. And we praise and thank you that although you do not promise to take us out of these sufferings, you, like Jesus, are prepared to go with us into them. So we pray that whether we are new to this idea or familiar with them, that you would renew our confidence in you to know that you watch over us as our personal bodyguard, that you watch over us constantly, protectively, everywhere and always. Please help us to trust in you and seek your help each day as we look forward to what you have in store for us in heaven. We ask all this in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Bruce.